You're listening to The Dirt on Dating with your host, Noah Scott. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got the dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating Show. I'm Noah, and today we have an incredible guest on the show. I'm really excited. She's coming all the way from Hawaii. Please welcome Ellie to the show. So Ellie is a dating coach. She's based out of Hawaii, like I said, and she's working with individuals all over the world. She enjoys short walks on the beach and helping people get to a place where they are empowered and excited about dating again. So fantastic. Welcome to the show, Ellie. How's it going? Good. Thank you, Noah, for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit before the show, just to get to know you and everything, but for the those of for everyone listening, Please just uh, share a little bit about yourself and your relationship status. Yeah. So I'm from California. I grew up there. I went to college in California. I moved to Orlando after college, Orlando, Florida for about a year. And then I decided to move to Hawaii just for an adventure. And so I was lucky enough that my boyfriend decided to move there with me. We had been doing long distance for the year before that. And um, yeah, we've been together for three years. And that is me in a nutshell. Well, fantastic. And so I'm sure that um, deciding to become a dating coach was that just because there was nothing else to do in Hawaii? What was the step for that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no job. So I just fell back and no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so I had always loved kind of the science of dating. And I feel like in my experience, I had a lot of terrible <laughs> dating stories and relationship stories. And so when I finally started learning the ins and outs of the science of relationships and reading all the books and listening to podcasts and people like that, I just got it. And so mm-hmm. I'm like in this amazing relationship right now and it's healthy and exciting. And so I started posting about that, obviously. And I started having people ask me about my relationship. And so I started making videos and then I got people requesting coaching. And so I fell into it, but I was always like very intentional about what I was doing in that space. Yeah. And so in your relationship, do you have times where things just don't go? And how do you deal with that? Yeah. I think everybody like in relationships have times where things are hard for us, like moving in together. Obviously there's a lot of things that you have to overcome. Long distance has its own challenges. And for us, it's the biggest thing for us to get through those things has been communication, just always talking about it and getting super vulnerable about things that are uncomfortable to talk about has been our greatest strength because we navigate those areas really well. Wait, so you said long distance. I thought he was in Hawaii with you. No, he is now. But a year before this, he was in Portland, Oregon, and I was in Orlando. So it was a far long distance. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So let's get a story of a time that you and your partner, and it could be a past partner, where you made a, a just a horrible misjudgment or a, a mistake that now looking back, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and you're like, wow. It sucks that I did this, but hey, because I did that, I learned XYZ lesson. Yeah. So I'm going to go with a past partner because I think it gives a lot of insight into what I was struggling with at that time. In a lot of my relationships before, don't get me wrong, I had one or two that were pretty toxic, but sometimes it wasn't toxic at all. I was with really fantastic people, but I would get bored. And I would get into this space where I was always looking for something better without even realizing it. Like I was always looking for the one 
And I think what happens when we tell ourselves that love has to look a certain way or falling in love has to look a certain way, we do ourselves a disservice. And so I remember in my past relationship I was in, he was a great guy, really sweet, loved his family. And I just, I felt like it was boring because I don't know how much like to get into attachment styles, but I was avoidant. And so just like always trying to find something better. And I ended up breaking up with him, which in the long run is better. But I think a lot of times people are breaking up with partners who are really good for them because they feel safe and because they, they expect these like butterflies, which might Mm. just be anxiety. So I think for me, that was a huge mistake I kept making was just like trying to always look for something better instead of being grateful for what I was in. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So you mentioned the avoidant attachment style. You mentioned getting bored with a long-term relationship and then having this desire to seek out something new. Mm-hmm. I find through talking through a lot of people, there's almost two schools of camp, right? There are the perpetual bachelors who or <laughs> the single for life type who get the thrill of finding something new and forever chasing the novelty. Or there's the serial monogamists who are practically the same thing, but they just are also guided by this kind of pair bonding desire. And then you have the forever monogamous types who never dream of anything other than being with their one partner. What camp do you think you're in? Yeah, I've actually never talked about this before. So this is going to be fun. So I think that we kind of judge people who get excited about either the idea of being with somebody else, if they're in a relationship or anything like that. But for us, when we were long distance, I was really struggling with not having that closeness with anybody and not just sexually, but just like physically just being able to hang out and stuff like that. And so we had this conversation when we were long distance about, about it being okay if we got permission to do other things or talk about that or have that open conversation. And I never got sexual with anybody else, but I think for people who are avoidant, just even knowing that is on the table or that's something that you can even talk about just creates like such an ease in your relationship. And it just creates, you don't want to do it as much because Mm -hmm. it's that like permission. Like when you have permission, it's like, oh, then I don't feel like I have to go and do this thing. It's like the forbidden thing that you always want for us. Yeah. We right now, it's not like we have an open relationship, but it's always like we can talk about those things if it comes up. Yeah, that's really fascinating. So you did have the conversation when you were long distance and said, hey, you know what? If you do, if you got an itch and you got to get some action, it's cool by me. Just let me know. That was basically the conversation. And I always thought something was like wrong with me because I got bored in relationships and I like just wanted something new, just that novelty kind of excitement. And definitely like you can find that in a long-term relationship, but just having that conversation for me was like, oh my gosh, like I'm not scared for the rest of my life to be with this person because I know that we can have these open conversations and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And there is something very fascinating about knowing that, that, just the other person is, you're not, even though it might sting the other person, that they still love you and that mm-hmm. it's cool. And that just makes them so much more attractive in the long run. Because yes. like, oh, why would I even want to sleep with someone else? This partner is badass. Yes, exactly. So that's <laughs> what happened you, to me. Right, yeah. Right, it just sure. makes it so much more exciting to be with that person. Cause you're like, <laughs> Oh, I, I can marry them and still have conversations like this. And 
it's not weird or scary. So I think more people should get in that school of thinking of not falling into those social scripts that are like, you're with one person forever and that's all. You can't do anything with anybody else because even just knowing, oh, I can flirt with somebody else if I want to, that's just, that's sometimes all the fun that you need. Yeah. And it's interesting because although they are just social scripts, there's still a lot of weight that these, Mm -hmm. these social norms carry because we're taught this our entire life. And so even though like maybe morally, you might find that having a partner and letting them run free is morally okay with you, there's still some sort of thing that you need to settle within yourself that like you're, you've got layers and layers of psychological buildup that is from the past. And so I think just being vulnerable enough to understand that is a big win. Yeah, yeah completely. I think like, Also, just knowing there might be times in your relationship where it's easier to do that than others, like when you're long distance or you might be able to do it then, but not when you have your first kid or when you move in together. So (laughs) just having that flow. Yeah, you're totally right on that. Cool. All right. So let's shift gears a little bit and start talking about some advice that you share with people who come to you as they're going through some struggles. What, What do you think is the most common pain that people have when they call you up and they say, Ellie, I don't know what to do. I need your help. What are, maybe we start with the the biggest pain Mm -hmm. and then we can talk about maybe the second biggest. Yeah. So I think something that plagues a lot of people when they're dating is when they hear other couples say something like when, because that type of thing makes us think about like, okay, if I don't know right away with somebody, then does that mean that we're not meant to be like, if I don't feel an immediate spark, then how am I supposed to know if this person is really who I'm supposed to be with? And it's just like such a flawed way of thinking because oftentimes it's just, it's not healthy and love, like falling in love isn't one size fits all. And so we make assumptions about what other people's love stories are based on what we see on Instagram or in the notebook or on Disney. And so I think that too often we're so wrapped up in what we think love and falling in love should look like that we forget to just experience what we're going through in that moment. Yeah. And it's almost relying on the feeling sometimes can lead you down this this path of feeling like you're never going to find a match or it's out of your hands. But I think it, there's in the end, it's a choice. And if you're comfortable enough with yourself, and if you find a way to be uh, if we're going back to those attachment styles, the secure attachment style, then it's almost like when you go to the supermarket and you're looking for an apple without a bruise on it, it's like any one of those apples on the table will will do just fine. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to find this apple that has this magic connection, <laughs> like no bruises whatsoever, it's you're just going to sit there forever. And like by the end of uh, handling all the apples, there's going to be none, they're all going to be bruised. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I always tell my clients, like, you're never going to find the one until you start treating someone like they could be. Yeah, because of what you said. Yeah. And if you're cool with who you are, then it doesn't matter. Bruises and all, warts and all, they're, they're, they're going to be somebody <laughs> exactly. that you can fall in love with. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So that's the biggest thing. What, what's the second biggest thing that people have when they come to you? They're like, uh, Ellie, help. People get, Ellie, help. What do I do? Yeah. People get like tired of dating. Like people get really worn out. And if you're treating anything like a chore, you're not going to get anything good out of it. So people tell me like, there's no good people in my city. I hate dating all of this stuff. And I always tell them you've got to make it fun again. So whether that means throwing out all the coffee and dinner dates and only going 
to dates that you like on a hike or an aquarium date or the zoo or zip lining, just anything like make it fun, make it something that you would want to do with or without that other person, because then you're actually going to look forward to it. And you're not going to be like, Oh my gosh, I have to go to dinner again with Jason. It's Oh my gosh, I get to go zip lining and Jason's going to be there and maybe we have fun. So there's so many things that I think we get caught up in like what a first date is, but you can be so creative with it. And even during COVID, like you can do Bob Ross paint nights virtually or cook dinner together virtually from afar. So there's just so many ways to get creative. And I I challenge people to do that because then you start having fun again. Yeah. And there's another, there's, you inspired me of, of an idea, like some things that I used to do in the past were to batch my Tinder messages. So what you can do is you can have one event that you want to go to, like you're saying zip lining or something. And then all the people you're talking to on Tinder, you can just invite them all. And that could either be a recipe for disaster or an amazing <laughs> social experiment where you're out there, you're hanging out with all, all the people. Oh like, my gosh. You can yeah, you create the bachelor one. experience for yourself. Yeah. And they don't have to know. That sounds they so bring a fun. Friend. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine like showing up for that date and like, you just have a bunch of roses and you start giving them out? That'd be perfect. Yeah, there you go. And you take it to the next level. You just zip line down with a thing of roses in your hand. (laughs) You're like, here, you get this one. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. As we're working towards wrapping up, let's share a story of your dating experience of of a time that was particularly memorable. It could be steamy or it could just be fun. Okay, yeah, I like that. I think like one of my most random dates that hopefully can inspire somebody to just do something crazy is my freshman year of college. I was going on a first date with someone and it was like the last night in the dorms. We were about to like have our last final the next day. And this guy and I, we just decided to drive somewhere because I don't know. We didn't have anything planned. And so we were like, okay, do we go north or south on the freeway? And we decided to go south and we drove an hour and a half and ended up at this casino and we walk in. Like, there's just all these people around to look at us like we don't belong because it was a little late and we looked probably a little young. And I put like, I think $5 in the machine and ended up winning $600, which was just super fun and drove back. And we didn't end up ever dating again, but it was a fantastic date because I made out and a bandit with money. And and I think I aced my final the next day. So it was all in all, that was probably one of my most fun and different dates. And as long as the person isn't going to harm you, then you can definitely get in a car with a stranger and just drive to a random location. So did you get some action while you were out there too? We did, but like, we were in college, so it wasn't much. I think we like messed around in the car or something because we all shared rooms with like 5 million people. Yeah, I hear you on that. Cool. <laughs> all right. As we're, so final question, how do people stay in touch with you? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So um, on Instagram, my username is Ellie Erickson. If you want to go to my website, ellieerickson.co, sign up for the email list and uh, pretty much just look up Ellie Erickson anywhere and you'll be able to find me. Fantastic. Cool. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show, Ellie. It's been a blast. Thank you, Noah. I had such a great time. Cool. Awesome. And everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It's been a blast. Don't forget to swing by Apple. First, you got to search for the Dirt on Dating show, and then you can leave us a review. I love good reviews or bad reviews. I just want to hear the feedback. So sometimes I feel like I'm working in a silo and It'd be great to just hear what you guys think about the show. Let me know what I can do to get better. And if you want to be featured on the show, visit dirtondating.com slash single to introduce yourself. You can also just DM me at Instagram at Paula Noah. That's it for this one. We'll see you tomorrow. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe. Talk dirty. And we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure.